got me down. I keep it on it, they crunching the numbers, I'm getting wild. Young nigga got a fetish for success. If I ain't next, and I just leave him pressure. Next to rain, all they window pane, puffy plain Jane. Let him second guess me when I cop the Porsche with the porcelain skin. Whip the wheels at the horses. Why they trash to the chore on my list? Out of this orbit, I saw with the pen. I'm eating good, Miss Caloric is shit. I sipped the potion and poured it. I own the title when she poured it. Opportunity, knock at the door, then I grip. They rush for the doors, then it open like this. What's up, peoples? Um, yeah, I was so forgive the shock and um befuddlement, because that was my first time seeing the intro video that Q has done up. So I'm feeling it. So Q, you did a damn good job, bro. Appreciate you. Love you. Um, but as y'all know, it's Wednesday night. It's 7:30. You know what time it is. It's happy hour with Hendrick. Now, tonight's show is random questions with Hendrix. Now, reason I'm doing this is because we got, you know, we get inbox questions, we get DMs, get text messages. People want to know certain questions. And honestly, I'm not the social media person. Most of the time, if people get messages from me on social media, it's usually something goofy or silly that I didn't see. I'm trying to make people laugh. So forgive me. However, I do have a stack of questions. That I'm gonna answer for y'all for y'all tonight. Um, but before we jump into that, always, always, you know, we want to give our parental advisory, our PSA needs to be 18 years and older. We prefer 25 and up, but you know, these topics, everything we discuss on all the MTG shows, these are our opinions, our opinions only. And we tell y'all this because number one, should no kiddies be watching. That's number one. Number two, we really don't give a damn about your opinion. We really don't give a fuck. You don't like what we say? Hmm. It is what it is. However, it's quite a few of y'all out there that like the crazy shit we be talking about. So, hey, we appreciate y'all. Hey, Shimmy. Hey, Monica. I see y'all watching. Uh, appreciate y'all, uh, you know, tuning in. Um, you know, it is what it is. I know it's, it's Wednesday night, y'all. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to get into this. Now, um, one quick thing, one more quick thing. Just want to give a shout out to all our listeners and our viewers out there, our international listeners and viewers. Hey, we really appreciate y'all. We see y'all coming in and chiming in and, you know, now granted, all y'all, we can't read y'all language. <laughs> so we have to use Google Translate, but we appreciate y'all, um, you know, all around the world. So, you know, Singapore, you know, our listeners in Abu Dhabi and France and Japan and Korea and, hey, all around the world. We appreciate y'all. Much love. Um, so I'm going to get started with this stack of questions. And you know me. It's happy hour, but, you know, you're only going to get about 30 minutes, maybe 45. And that's about it. We're going to go through the show. Uh, and that's going to be a wrap. So I don't know how many questions I got. I got quite a few of them here. So what I think I'm going to do is... Uh, I'm going to go through like six, and then we're going to take a break. Then I'm going to do some more, and then we're going to end the show. So that's how we're going to do this, all right? So first question, um, where do you want to go that you have never been? Hmm. Place I want to go that I have never been? I would have to say, um, hmm, that's a damn good question. You know what? I would go to... Hmm. 
honestly, I can't remember the name of the place. Um, but it's like um, they had Senegal, Senegal, Senegal. That's where they have like the underwater African display that they did for all the slaves. So Senegal is definitely a place that's on the top of my list. I want to go. And Shimmy says, are you sure? I want my random questions. Um, I, Shimmy, I'm not understanding your, your, your grammar there, sweetie. So you might have to type that again and try it again. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll go to Senegal. That's a place I've never been and I definitely want to go. Um, next question. Ooh, how do you deal with lupus and depression one day at a time? So um, sometimes my depression causes a lupus flare-up. Sometimes my lupus flare-ups cause depression. But hey, um, you know, it's been kind of heavy here for the last couple months on my shows. And I want to kind of change it up a little bit. So we're going to do something light, not too serious, just kind of chill and answer some of these random questions. Um, but I deal with it one day at a time. Uh, I don't have the right fix. I don't have a magic bullet. Um, no, Shimmy, I don't want to answer your random ass question. No, because ain't no telling what you're going to type. So the answer to that is no. Um, so for the people that's listening to us on the podcast, make sure you go and check out our YouTube page or our Facebook page. So you can see the questions that are popping up from our viewers as they're watching on Facebook and YouTube. Um, so, yeah, how do I deal with lupus and depression one day at a time? Ooh, and yeah, this one. What attracts you to a woman? Um, her intellect. I am, if you know me for any amount of time, I do not have a physical type. Um, there's nothing necessarily physical that is consistent. There's not a skin color, skin tone, height, weight. Um, I will say this, though. All the women that I have dated, they look good in a pencil skirt and heels. That's probably only the consistency. But intellect is what attracts me. I'm a sapiosexual. I've said that, you know, time and time again. That's how I get down. That's what I like. Ooh. Are you a member of the Mile High Club? Hmm. Now, look, um, my parents watch the show. Um, I have my aunts that watch the show. I know my uncles and my dad probably don't care, but uh, I'm not going to answer that question. And I'm going to leave it at that. So you don't get to know if I'm a member of the Mile High Club. I will neither confirm nor deny the answer to that question. Oh. <laughs> um, Here's one. So what's your favorite outfit for a woman? Ooh. Ooh. That. Now, I just told you about the pencil skirt and heels. Uh, but it depends on the setting. If we're just chilling, um, you know, you could do a hoodie and some tights or some shorts. That's cool. Um, we're going out. Um, yeah. If we're going out somewhere, honestly, it doesn't matter if 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 you have on uh, open toe heels, like with the little strap that go across, not the peak toe where it shows part of the toe, but you know the ones with the little strap that go just across your foot, have your foot all out with some heels. Yeah, I don't care what you put on with that. That's a winner for me every single time. Um, now, if we're just going somewhere to kick it, like out, you know, like play some pool, go to the gun range or something. Hey, you could throw on some jeans and some tennis shoes, and I'm cool with it. So it all really depends on what we're doing. 
So, you know, I, I don't know. Um, what is my favorite food? Huh. My favorite food would have to be um a close tie of lasagna and banana pudding. Not together, but lasagna and banana pudding. Those are my two favorite things. That's interesting. Ooh, this is a good one. PlayStation or Xbox? Ooh. Yeah, I have to roll with PlayStation on that one. I've had one Xbox before. Mm, wasn't impressed. Now, as far as PlayStations go, I've had every version. So, one, two, three, four, and five. I currently have a PS5 right now. I have to go with the PlayStation. Now, the reason for up until... Four until the PS4. The reason I stayed with PlayStation was always because you could always play your old games on the PlayStation. Now with four and five, they switched that up, but then that was the only thing that really had me stuck on PlayStation. But at this point, I'm used to the controllers. I have all my games and stuff, so I'm gonna have to rock with PlayStation on that one. Ooh, okay, this one I I set myself up. And I should have probably read through some of these questions before I picked them out because I just stacked them up and I really didn't think about them. Um, so why do you ghost people? Um, I don't really ghost people. I'm an introvert. I don't like to be the center of attention. Honestly, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I wouldn't have my own show and wouldn't be doing this. So it initially started to where we were doing the shows to kind of make sure we stay relevant stayed out there and stuff like that. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't really ghost people. Sometimes I have to reset. I'm not really a people person. So I'm a very popular introvert for whatever reason. I don't even know why. Um, very popular introvert, and I, I, I'm not really into people. Um, I got a few people that I hang out and kick it with. Most people I consider my friends, I've known them for 20 years plus. So. Um, if I'm ghosting you, or if you feel like I'm ghosting you, it's probably got nothing to do with you. It's probably me, and I just don't want to be around people. That's it. But if you really knew me, you know that. And sometimes I just beat to myself. Um, so, so Q, I'm going to answer two more of these, and then we're going to take a break. Because um, that one kind of threw me for a loop. Um, your favorite place to travel. I, again, I already kind of answered that. But anywhere with a beach that's close to the equator and got, got seen beach sand close to the equator. You give me that. I'm a happy man. Don't really matter. Um, yeah, that's, that's me. I, I like to be on the beach. Uh, since I can't drink, I drink all my little fruity virgin drink and stuff like that. And it's cool with me. I'm a happy man. Like I said, real simple, real happy. Um, but yeah, anywhere close to the equator with a beach, I'm good. Oh, this one. Um, iPhone or Android? Mmm. Mmm. I'm going to have to go with Android. I'm sorry. I understand the functionality of iOS and iPhones. I get it. Um, But when you're a tech person, most tech people do not like iOS because you can't modify it. Now, if you're not really in the tech and 
you know, you're not into customizing your phone. You're not into changing the processor speed. You want things to work seamlessly and, you know, effortless, effortlessly. Then I can see why people like iPhones because, you know, for iPhone or iOS based platform, you log in with your iCloud account and then everything's there. Uh, with Android, it takes a little more. I'm a Samsung Android person, actually. So I love, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, she said, the people don't know me at all. She answered all the questions. Uh, I'm definitely going to take Android over iPhone any day. Uh, one of the biggest things that I have, biggest problems that I have with an iPhone or any iOS system is that they charge you based on the memory. I've had the same memory card since I had my Note 2 and I have a Note 10. I've taken my memory card out, put it in a new phone. All my pictures are there. Everything's there. I'm happy. Boom. That's a big one. Um, I have a 256 gig memory card. And, you know, the higher up you go with the iPhone, the more memory, the more they charge it. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Have a memory card. People can keep their own stuff. That's just me. Again, I'm a tech person. I like my privacy. I like to keep things my way. And then, you know, hey, that's it. So, Q, go ahead and roll the music. Do a little commercial. We about halfway through the show. We about 15 minutes in. And for everybody watching and listening, hey, I really do appreciate y'all. Gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Yeah. Hands up, hands up in the air today. Got me down. Keep it on it, they crunching the numbers, I'm getting wild Young nigga got a fetish for success If I ain't next and I just leave pressure. Next to rain, all they window pane, puffy plain Jane Let them second guess me, wanna cop the Porsche With the Porsche and the skin Whip the wheels with the horses Why they trash to the chore on my lips Added this all, but I saw with the pen I'm eating good, Miss Caloric is shit I sipped the potion and poured it I own the title, she poured it Opportunity, knock at the door, then I grip They rush for the doors, then they open like this What's up, y'all? Hey, I see y'all comments down there. So, Bill, yeah, I know there's ways around that. Uh, Monica, you can laugh if you want. Um, yeah. Um, Shimmy, I am not being rude to you. So, yeah, so all these people, that everybody that's commenting, hey, I see the comments. They coming through. We appreciate y'all, um, as always. Um, let's see. Next question. How long was your longest relationship? Ooh. How do you define relationship? Right? How do you define that? If you're talking about a committed monogamous, monogamous relationship, five years longest. Um, now, if you're talking about dealing with somebody on and off, ooh, I like a decade. Yeah, about a decade. Um, but there are more, it's a deeper story than just, you know, us messing around. It, it goes a lot deeper than that. Um, but my longest monogamous relationship was about four and a half, almost five years. Um, I've done that a couple of times. That's why I can't remember which one was longer, but I've had a couple of relationships that were like four and a half to five years long. Um, you know, I, I like to be with one woman. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes timing is off. Sometimes relationships don't work out. Sometimes I'm in the wrong. Sometimes they're in the wrong. 
sometimes stuff just don't work out. But, you know, I like to work things out when possible, but sometimes that's not always feasible. So it is what it is. Um, you kind of just pick up, move on. Um, and that's just life. You know, keep it pushing sometimes. All right. Really, people, what's my favorite color? It depends. I don't have one. Um, if you're talking about vehicles, my favorite color is black. Vehicle got to be black. Like, that's going to be my favorite. I could do a dark gray, but I prefer black. Now, if you're talking about my favorite color to, like, to wear, uh, it honestly, my favorite color to wear would probably be blue. But then I actually like red. I, you know, so if my favorite color to look at is red, my favorite color to wear is blue. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ooh, now this is a good question. See, y'all hit y'all hit me with some of these good questions, and that's cool. My best date experience. Um, I had a date once where our first date we actually closed the restaurant down, so we met up at like seven o'clock. And then the restaurant closed at midnight. We sat there and talked the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I know, Q. I like red and blue. Um, best date. So back to my best date experience. So, yeah, we met uh, first date. We closed the restaurant down. It was great. Um, we actually had two more dates, three more dates, something like that. And come to find out, as far as being a couple, we were not compatible, right? We were not compatible. However, um, we were very good friends, and we still are very good friends. Um, it never got physical or sexual. It's just we met, we clicked, but it wasn't anything romantic. So we're still good friends to this day, and we can, you know, it's weird because, again, I tell you, I'm a popular introvert, but um, certain people bring out my talkative side. So. Is what it is, but that was probably my best date experience. Um, what makes me happy? Peace and quiet. Peace and quiet make me happy. Um, I don't like to deal with a lot of people. Don't like to deal with a lot of people's BS. Um, if you got a lot of drama going on in your life, you're probably gonna lose me. Yeah, I don't care who you know. You probably not gonna hear from me too much. If you got a lot of drama going on, I don't like hearing about other people's drama. I'm in it. I internalize my stuff, figure it out in my head. When I can't, I might bounce it off a couple people, but hey, that's it. Um, shimmy, 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 shimmy. Shimmy says her favorite date experience was when we went out to three four. So me, Shimmy, and Tashara. Parker went out to Three Forks. We had a very interesting time because Tashar was still new in town. Um, and it was very, it's a very unique place. Um, that was a fun time, though. Was a fun time. Yes, Monica, those are the best dates where you could just talk and close the close the restaurant down. Um, but yeah, back to the question. Um, yeah, peace is what makes me happy. Um already answered that one. Okay, peoples. This lets me know. Some of y'all don't watch the show and don't listen. They seriously asked me, how many kids do I have? Zero. 
don't have any kids. Why don't I have any kids? Very simple answer. I'm not married. Period. Very easy. So, um, yes, Jimmy, we had a blast at Three Forks. Very true. Um, but yeah, I do not have any kids only simply because I am not married. That's it. There's there's no other reason. Um, I'm open to having kids. Um, you know, hell, adoption is cool with me too. I really don't care. I can understand that, you know, at my age, a woman not wanting to mess up her body and have no more kids, because you know, once you pass 40, it gets tend to be a little dangerous. Me, I can understand that. I'm cool with adoption. It's cool. I ain't tripping. And hey, guess what? If you don't want any kids, you don't want no more kids, eh, I can rock with that too. We'll figure it out. I ain't tripping. That's not a major, you know, that's not a major stipulation in a relationship with me. Uh, do I want to get married? <laughs> I do want to get married, um, but my personal, I have personal issues that I have to get past. That's that's just the reality of it. I have personal issues that I deal with that I have to get past, and it's not always good in relationships. You know? Yeah. Then this is another one. What turns you off? I, I already told you this. What do I like? Peace. I like peace and quiet. I don't like drama. I don't like a bunch of hoopla going on. Um, so drama. So I put it to you like this. People that usually watch reality TV shows. Mm, yeah. People that like to be in the club and, you know, running the streets and stuff like that. That ain't me. I'm a homebody. I like a simple life. Um, I don't like to do too much. Um, I like my peace and quiet. So, uh, Monica, what did I say? Why am I your favorite person ever? I, I don't know what I did. Um, yes, Jimmy, I agree. They need to watch more often because a lot of these questions you would always, you, you'd actually already know. Monica, I need to understand what did I ever do to become your favorite person ever? Now, for those that don't, for those of you that don't know, um, let me tell you who Monica is. So Monica and her husband, Tyler, are a couple that I met when I was in Clovis, New Mexico, right? So when I first moved to Clovis, I knew absolutely nobody at all. I know anybody. Uh, Tyler was another brother in management that worked in the warehouse. Uh, he, was, he was a warehouse supervisor. Uh, he worked there, met up, you know, first first interaction. You know, we kind of kicked it off, and it was funny because, you know how they say hood recognize hood? So he from the hood in L.A., I'm from the hood in Texas, in Dallas, and we recognized it immediately. So it was kind of under uh, unspoken understanding uh, immediately. So Monica is his wife, and then they used to live a couple streets over from me in New Mexico. Um, I used to have these parties after the the company Christmas party or holiday party to be PC. I used to have these parties at my house and it got kind of crazy. Um, oh, Bell, that's a good one. Did Oak Cliff change your mental about women and commitment? Um, Actually, Oak Cliff didn't change my mental about women and commitment. 
Um, one of the things I learned in Oak Cliff, one of the things that I learned was how to identify bullshit. Oh, I'm understanding in a relationship. Okay. I think that's just because I helped you and Tyler at a point in time. I hope y'all kind of filter and maneuver through some things because y'all will both try to do the same thing. But both of y'all can be stubborn, um, Monica. So both of y'all can be very stubborn and both of y'all can, um, y'all are very strong willed, but y'all have good hearts. And I can see that and I can see that y'all really love each other. So I was trying to be the friend in the middle that actually helped y'all work things out because I knew that what y'all were going through was temporary and y'all both were trying to do the same thing, but y'all did not see each other for a minute. Y'all just kind of missed each other. And that's cool. Um, so back to Bell's question. Now, Oak Cliff just taught me how to see some things that I probably wouldn't have seen when I was growing up in Garland. Um, but it did not change my idea of commitment and relationships. Now, being a football player in Texas, um, we got into some things that I probably shouldn't have, um, probably did some things I probably shouldn't have done in high school. That's just the reality of it. <laughs> oh, so Monica says she's a type A alpha all the way. <laughs> Monica, this is why you and Tyler butt heads. Both of y'all are alphas. He's an alpha male. <laughs> You're an alpha female. And y'all both are stubborn as hell. Oh, Kimball. So Shimmy says Kimball completely changed her. Ooh, Oak Cliff. Um, but back to that question. Oak Cliff taught me how to see things in a different light. Um, to be honest with you, I probably would have been taken advantage of. Honestly. Yeah, I was a jock and a scholar, uh, lab rat. I was a jock and a scholar. However, the scholar part did not matter because I was wearing a Letterman jacket. I was seen as a jock. He will tell you all the time, unless you had a class with me or I pissed you off at the science fair, most people did not know I was also a nerd. They figured they didn't see me in any classes because I was wearing a Letterman jacket. I was probably just skipping. I did good enough to pass, to play ball, and that's it. Um, but unless you had a class with me, most people didn't know I was a nerd until Senior Awards Day. I think that's when everybody found out. Now, if you had a class with me or you played ball with me or, you know, ran, we ran track or did swimming or something like that, then most people knew. But, yeah, most people didn't know at our high school that I was a nerd and a jockey. They just thought I was a jock. So, and then the funny part was the, the nerds that I had classes with, they were initially kind of intimidated because <laughs> <laughs> you said, hell no, we do every award ceremony. <laughs> oh, you, I didn't do that much, man. Like I said, I, tr I stayed low key um, as much as possible, but yeah, so it's, it's very interesting. Oak Cliff, I think Oak Cliff just gave, gave me a different way of looking at things. It, it helped me see things through a different light. Um, and it also taught me something very, very important that, yeah, 
you could take your knowledge of books and you could take your knowledge of the street and put them together. And then you're a very dangerous person. So you take your street knowledge and your, your book knowledge and you put it together and you'll learn something very valuable. And what most people don't understand is most of these CEOs of companies that are running these you know, multi-million dollar corporations, you could take a drug dealer, a major drug dealer in the streets, swap them out, and um, he'll be, you know, you wouldn't even miss a beat. You could take a major drug dealer from the streets, put them in a CEO position, and they wouldn't miss a beat. That company would not miss a beat at all. Um, oh, goodness. I missed some of those comments. So how did Texas, so Bill asked, how did Texas A&M make you a better man? Texas A&M did not make me a better man. I'm going to tell you this. Actually, my knowledge from Kimball helped me make it through Texas A&M. Uh, what A&M taught me is the reality of no matter what position I'm in, I'm going to always be seen as a black man first. And if I'm going to go anywhere, do anything, I have to prove myself above and beyond. That's what Texas A&M taught me. And I always give the example of my physics class. Uh, actually, two examples. My physics class and my, um, my intro to chemistry class. My physics class, my freshman year, I was the only brother in the class. I think we had about 120. It was over 100. It wasn't quite 150. So I think it was like 120, maybe 130 people in the class, um, in my section. I was the only brother. I was the only black person. Four people walked up to me um, and they asked me what position I played. One guy that walked up and was like, hey, man, anybody sitting here? I was like, nah. Sat down next to me. White guy, he was like, hey, man, I'm Jason. What's up? Said, hey, I'm Reggie. He was like, cool. Chopped it up for a hot second before class started. Boom. He was the only person I helped out. Now, this is why people hated me in, that, in my physics class. Most physics classes in college, you get a 40, you get a solid B, easy. You know, you get a 40 on the test, you good, you got a B, right? Only problem is my professor, my professor curved to 100. Before the curve, I'll make it 80 plus on the test. So that let them know. Two tests in, the professor tells everybody, well, it looks like only one of y'all are actually getting this information. So there's a 20-point curve. These people are looking at, like, they're getting, like, 40s, 20s, 30s, 40s on the test. They got a 20-point curve because he curved to 100. They pissed off. At that point, then they come asking me, oh, well, hey, do you mind if I study with you? And I was like, no, nah, I got practice, remember? I don't have time. My chemistry class one of the things that you know again this is a section again Annam Hughes school had like 300 people in this section it was five black students black professor he called roll first day he called all 300 and some odd names on the roll that's pretty much all we did the whole class he just called roll now he's calling roll he's checking 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 and every black person he called a name at the end of class, told us, hey, 
going forward, I need you to sit where I can see you. I should be able to touch you every time you in this classroom. I should be able to reach out and touch you. So that means like the first couple of rows, he wanted us sitting there. We got the message. Um, but one of the other things that he did was he put he made us understand that you could understand chemistry all day long and you could have that book knowledge all day long. But if you could not apply it to the real world, having the knowledge was useless. I still remember this test because it was two things that he said would never happen. Number one, nobody has ever gotten a perfect score on one of his tests. And number two, that if you finish his class and you do not get anything out of it, you did not completely apply yourself. So we had this one test, um, and I believe it was the second test because that's when he told us that nobody had ever gotten a perfect score. I studied my ass off. I'm like, I'm gonna be the first one to get a perfect score on your test. We were look, we were going over rate determining steps, right? Still remember this question. This happened in 1997. It's 2022. This is fall of 1997. This is January of 2022. That's the impact that this question had on my life. What is the rate determining step? of how fast people can exit the room after the professor gives a walk? That was the question. Was the rate determining step of how fast people can leave the room after the professor gives a walk? Answer A, was the average time that it takes for a person to realize that the professor's serious and then walk to the door? Answer B was, the average time it takes a person to walk from their seat to the door. Answer C was the one by one square hole in the door. And then the, the final answer D was, this is a joke, the professor would never give a walk or something to that effect. The answer was C because nobody can get out of the room faster than they can get through that one by one square foot hole in the wall. That was the answer. But you took all this study and all this information and you had to apply it to real world and apply that knowledge to real world application. What that helped me understand was, yeah, I can understand the, the chemistry. I can understand how the electrons move. I can understand how things work. But if I don't know how to apply it to real life, then that knowledge is useless. So. Oh, Bell asked me, how hard was it coming from Oak Cliff to Garland? From Garland to Oak Cliff, uh, how you go from a situation to a very... <laughs> uh, so, Bell, here's the thing that you... you I guess you didn't know. So, I actually started out in Oak Cliff. We moved... So, when I moved to um, my family, we moved to Florida. And when we moved back, we actually moved to Garland when we came back from Florida. So I actually started out in Oak Cliff. I actually went to Erasmus again. Um, I actually went to, uh, was it Webster? Wait, what's that school right on, um, right off of Gibb Williams? I can't remember, Bell. You know exactly what school I'm talking about. That little elementary school right there off of Gibb Williams. I actually went to that that elementary school. I can't remember the name of it, but I went to Daniel Webster. And I went to, um, 
I know I can't I can't remember the schools, but yeah, I actually started out in Oak Cliff. And then when I came back, so I actually knew some people prior to me coming. So I knew Tank, because Tank and my mom, Tank's mom and my mom worked in the same building downtown. So I already knew them. Uh I already knew Tank. Yeah, it was Daniel Webster. Thank you, Shimmy. Yeah, I went to Daniel Webster. Um and went to Rasmus again. But yeah, I, I I grew up in Oak Cliff. I just moved away for a little bit and came back. Um, but one of the things I will say is that um going going from a predominantly white school to a predominantly black school, it was a huge culture shock, but I'm very thankful for it because I thought I knew everything. Uh at the white school, I was, you know, as far as athletics go, I was top tier. I had to come to the K. And when I came to the K, I had to work my ass off because everybody was just as naturally talented as I was. I was, you know, I was running the mill at, at Kimball, right? It wasn't anything spectacular about me. So it was, I was average until I had to prove myself. Um, and Bell will tell you this. I think Bell was kind of shocked when me and him ran the same time in the 40. Me being a... <laughs> Me being a lineman, because I think it was me, I think Sham ran the fastest time, and it was me and Bell that had the second second fastest time. I think we were tied. Or if we, we weren't tied, we were right there together. But it was like split-second difference. But I think that shook everybody when they saw, like, damn, this dude is an outside linebacker, defensive end, and he running just as fast as a wide receiver. Like, I topped to a wide receiver, and we got we got an outside linebacker, DN, running just as quick. So, and then in the weight room, like I had to prove myself in the weight room. So it wasn't, I, I never looked at it as good or bad. I looked at it, uh, I looked at it as, um, it just made me come out of my shell and make, made me actually have to prove myself and work harder at something that I love to do. So um, Kimball, coming to Kimball from Lakeview. Um, and then that's the other thing that I really liked about coming to Kimball. So at the at the K, like we walked around and we smelled weed all day, right? Weed didn't bother me. When I was at Lakeview, like these kids were doing coke, they was doing mushrooms, they was doing meth, they were doing cheese, they were doing heroin. I'm just like, what the hell? Like I was happy to go to a school where everybody was just smoking a little weed. I ain't bother, I wasn't bothered by that. I had people shooting up in the bathroom with needles. And I was in high school. I was a freshman in high school witnessing people in high school shooting up with needles and doing heroin and snorting cocaine and, and smoking meth. I was shocked. I was happy to come to Kimball where all they did was smoke a little weed. Now, you might catch a contact high walking through the halls. Hey, ain't no problem with that. But compared to that high school, Man, Kimball they had Kimball was laid back as far as drugs and stuff go, really laid back. However, the funny part was at Kimball we had to go through a damn metal detector every day. At that white school, they go through no metal detector. Figure that shit out. Yeah. So I love the K, and and this is one of the other things that, you know, helped me at the K because Bell will tell you, yeah. Okay, 
So Bell broke it down. Sorry. I knew it was something like that, but we, you know, Bell, I think everybody was shook when I ran that time. So I think it, it, it popped a lot of eyeballs out. Um, I will tell you this, though. Um, one of the things that I loved about going to Kimball was the crew I hung out with, the crew that I started hanging out with, my boys to this day. And again, this is where I love them because they don't expect me to be all up in their face all the time. And they know all they got to do is call me. My number ain't changed. Um, and keep cool. Keep cool. <laughs> you see? Yeah, Bell there. They were shocked. Bell will tell you this himself. Um, I've never been one to follow follow the crowd. I hang out, kick it. But I've always kind of, you know, gone to the beat of my own drummer. The guys I hung out with, they appreciated it. They knew that I wasn't just going to do whatever. I just, I kind of did me. And they accepted me as me, right? And I, I always appreciated that because, yes, they teased me about being nerdy. You know, in the locker room, they teased me. On the football field, they teased me. When we was running summer track and stuff, yeah, I got teased. But that was in small settings. When we went out in front of everybody else and we was out and about, they didn't tease me. And all I'm going to say is, Anybody that know us, ask them about what happened at the Longhorn Ballroom. Or what was that other spot? Bill, since you watching, the spot where um, it was like a bowling alley where, where, where Kyron, little brother, and them got jumped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were all family HK. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the little spot, but like Kyron's little brother, they got jumped and then we went in that motherfucker and we just toast shit up. It was supposed to be a party, but we didn't go to the party. We had came all fresh and clean, and then they got jumped. They were sitting outside when we were pulled up, and we walked in that motherfucker just swinging. <laughs> but then was our little brothers. You don't mess with our little brothers. And um, it was funny because I know Bell and them, like these guys that have grown up since like kindergarten together, right? They they grown up kindergarten. All the way through high school. Bronco Bowl. Thank you, Bell. These guys grew up since like kindergarten, second, third grade together. Here I come in as a sophomore in high school and start hanging out with these guys. And like it, it doesn't matter. Like they included me. And coming from a place where it was hard to fit in for being yourself, it was one of those things that was very refreshing. And they didn't expect anything out of me. It's not like, oh, you got to do this or you got to do that. It's like, no, nah, just be you. Hey, we kicking it here. We kicking it there. Come through. You come through. And one of the one of the funny parts, our quarterback, right, um, Toby, I had a curfew of 11 o'clock up until my senior, actually the second half of my senior year. My curfew was 11 o'clock, right? On the weekend, 11 o'clock, I had to be in the house. Toby. At 10 o'clock, on the dot, every time, Reggie, it's 10 o'clock. Reggie, it's 10 o'clock. Reggie, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> See, um, and, and that shit like that, but they, they tease me, but if you were saying, you know, if we were out and about and Toby just started saying, Reggie, it's 10 o'clock, Reggie, it's 10 o'clock, nobody knew what he was talking about. It was, it was an inside joke that was between the crew and nobody said anything. Everybody knew I had a curfew, but at the same time, they also knew that I got three B's on my report card. My mom took my car away for six weeks. So when she said being in the house at 11, 
not 1105, not 11.01. I need to be in the house and in the bed at 11 o'clock. So at 10 o'clock, Toby would be like, hey, dude, it's 10 o'clock. You might need to make a move. So you can have your car so we can kick some more and everybody can have a ride. And it was just stuff like that. So, um, yeah, all in all, no good times at the K. And I appreciate everything I learned from Oak Cliff. Um, hey, y'all, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all being on and dropping some extra questions for us. So um, I, I didn't expect the show to go like this. Of course, none of the shows ever happen exactly the way we plan them out. But, you know, it is what it is. But thanks to you all that watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, yeah, Bill, we did grow up too fast. Like I said, we did some stuff we probably didn't have no business doing. A lot of it. Especially that swimming pool incident with the diving board. And the gate. The gate of the fence. I ain't going to tell no more details. Bill, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but with that being said, you all, I, we appreciate you all. We love you all. Thanks for your um, your listenership. Thanks for following us and liking our content. Thank you for just being continued listeners because during the pandemic and then this is season five, you continue to help us grow and grow and grow and grow. And so we appreciate y'all. Bill, don't do that because <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. That diving board and that fence up at that park under the trees. That's all I'm going to say. You remember that. Uh, but anyway, you all, appreciate y'all. Don't forget to check us out. Um, oh, they're going to do MTG After Dark tomorrow. Uh, Stupider's Real is coming back, I think, next week. And then on Saturday, we're going to have MTG Live with the crew. So, just make sure that we have a show lineup scrolling across the bottom of the screen. Y'all know what it is. But you know what? If you subscribe, you hit the like button, um, you hit the little subscription button, get the notifications, boom, you don't even have to worry about it. Notification going to pop up. And just like tonight, y'all can participate in the show. We really do appreciate y'all. And with that said, I'm out. Peace. Yeah. Hands up, hands up in the air today. Got me down. I keep it a honey, they crunching the numbers, I'm getting wild. Young nigga got a fetish for success. If I ain't next and I just leave pressure. Next to rain, all the window pane, puffy plain Jane. Let them second guess me when I cop the Porsche with the Porsche the skin. Whip the wheels at the horse just time. Why they trash to the chore on my list? Added this over the sword with the pen. I'm eating good, Miss Caloric is shit. I sipped the potion and poured it in. I own the title, she poured it.